Our second scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke and gives us a familiar image. Let us listen for God's word. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord Jesus replied, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, how we long for more faith. How we long to know that you have the whole world in your hand. How we long for the peace that you promise. Come to us now by your word and spirit and speak to us that which will strengthen our lives for faithful living. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In the year 1950, this congregation received the gift of 2,000 tulip bulbs. Now, tulip bulbs are not exactly mustard seeds, but they are just as powerful an image of faith. It is World Communion Sunday, and so we gather in this symbol and this ritual of a family coming together with people from Syria, with people from China, with people from southern Mississippi, and people from Washington State, and people from Germany, and people from Russia. All over the world, we gather together to share the meal of unity and communion, not only with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but with one another. We demonstrate the vision of God's intention for humanity, that peace where everyone is fed and all the children come to the table. Now, it might be hard for us to imagine people from all over the world coming together at the table. Sometimes we don't agree with people at the table. Does that ever happen at your dinner table? Yeah, sometimes, right? Right. Well, you can't do this at home, but I started thinking about what it would be like at the table if everybody disagreed with each other. And I don't know, but I sort of thought maybe there would be some rolls flying across that table and all kinds of stuff happening. And wouldn't it be wonderful if all we had were rolls and broccoli to throw at each other across the table? We have that incredible, incredible image of peace. And even when we believe it can never happen. God says to us, just do it. Just work for it anyway. Now, 
prophets. All of those in Sunday school know what a prophet is, right? What's a prophet? Hello, Sunday school children. What is a prophet? Yes. Can you tell me what a prophet is? I'll give you a hint. Is a prophet somebody who listens and then speaks for God? A messenger for God? Prophets listen and they listen for God's word? Is that what you were going to say? Something like that? Awesome. And you were, what were you going to say? That's right. They are an outlook, an outpost between people and God. And they listen for what God will say. And a lot of times the prophets are looking at all of the things that God is unhappy with in the world. And the prophets may say, stop doing all of those wrong things, like oppressing the poor or not feeding the hungry. And the prophet will say that God says, if you will only feed the hungry and care for the children, then your light will break forth like the dawn and there will be peace in your nation. Now, the prophet Habakkuk is a little bit different because he goes straight to God and instead of listening first for what God will say, Habakkuk says, God, you're not doing it right. God, look around you. How long are you going to let these terrible things happen? How long will you let people go hungry? How long will you let there be wars? How long, God, and what is wrong with you? Habakkuk was kind of brave, wasn't he? And then he sat back. And he crossed his arms, and he waited to see what God would say. He came from that place in our souls that wanted so hard to believe that God really is with us, that God really has the whole world in his hands, that God will not allow all of the violence that we see to always continue. Habakkuk was having a crisis of faith. He could barely believe anymore in the God of justice and the God of goodness. And he wanted God to come and say something to him that would change his mind. Jesus' disciples are in a little bit of a similar place. They're following Jesus and learning from him what it means to be faithful. And Jesus is telling them things like, well, you have to forgive people. In fact, you have to forgive your sister or your brother not just once a day, but even seven times a day. And honestly, Jesus says, 77 times. How many of you think you could forgive your sister or your brother 77 times just in one day? You could do it. All right. Well, Jesus' disciples thought, that is really, really hard. And they said to Jesus, 
We need more faith. Give us more faith, just like Habakkuk, just like that prophet. They wanted more of what God has to give so that they could live and believe and work and be compassionate and forgiving and be bold and courageous. And this is what God says to Habakkuk. God doesn't come and explain why bad things happen. And God doesn't give Habakkuk maybe exactly the answers that we would like to hear. God says to Habakkuk, I have given you the vision. I have given you the vision of peace. I have told you the lamb lying down with the lions. And I have painted for you pictures of swords being beaten into plowshares. I have shown you what the world looks like and given you the visions of people coming from all over the world to sit at table and eat together and bring nothing no money, and yet having plenty. And I have given you the vision of my temple where everyone from all over the world will come. Regardless of who they worship, they will come and worship love. And God says to Habakkuk, trust and believe that vision, write it large, and run with it. The Hebrew is a little iffy in there. And sometimes we think that it means let's put it on a billboard so that everyone can see it. And that's a nice interpretation, which we could have a sermon on that sometime. But today, we're going to run with it. And he tells, God tells Habakkuk, the faithful live by faith. And what that means is the same thing that Jesus tells his disciples You don't need a lot of faith. Faith is not a quantity of something that you have. Faith is what you live. Faith is a verb. It is what you do. And if you want more faith, do faith. If you want more compassion, find ways to be compassionate. If you want more peace, if you want more faith and you want to know God working for peace, work for peace. (coughs) If you want faith, get in there and just do it. God gives us all kinds of ways to connect to God in faith, to nurture our faith and to deepen our faith and to be with us, to give us courage and strength. We come to worship and that is doing our faith. We want that connection with God, so come and worship and connect with God in faith. We want to know that God is helping the hungry and believe that God is helping the hungry. We go and we get down in there with God and we help the hungry. We want to know that God is with those who are suffering. We want that kind of faith. And Jesus says, go out there and do it. That mulberry tree, which is also a cypress tree. Remember, the cypress trees were these incredibly giant trees that stood for whole nations. 
And the cypress tree was that great big tall tree that represented for Jesus and his disciples all those great big powers that would smush them. Maybe like the Roman Empire. And Jesus says, with faith, even the size of a mustard seed, when you do that, you can uproot oppression and violence and throw it into the sea. We need to hear that. When we stand in places where we want to cry out to God, how long will there be gun violence? And how long Will our government be so entrenched in divisiveness, in this bitter divisiveness that is in our nation, that has paralyzed life? How long? Oh, Lord. How long? The vision is ours. The vision is here. Do it. Just do it. Yesterday I had the supreme experience of going with our youth group to a ropes course at Kaleva. Have any of you been to Kaleva? Some of our kids said, yes, you've been to Kaleva, so you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't been there, think zip line. Okay? The first thing that we did was get in a harness and get hoisted up for the big swing. And this involved being pulled up off the ground and being tethered by one rope and then having to pull a cord which then dropped you and had you swing It takes the words away. And what it taught us was when you were up there and you were hoisted up, at some point you just had to pull that cord and let go and swing. And everybody said it was the click when you pulled that little cord that was the scariest moment. And when we got up there, Priscilla, Zach, Emma, others pulled that cord and clicked. And the swinging was amazing. It was amazing. Faith is like that. A story. Those tulip bulbs. At the end of World War II, some of you will remember from history classes or from being there, that after the war, there were whole towns in Holland and in Germany that were devastated from the violence in the war. And there was a blockade towards the end of that war in which people were stuck without any food or with any fuel for that winter. 
and they were so hungry and they became so cold that they were eating things like tulip bulbs and they were burning their furniture just to stay warm. And there was somebody, a serviceman from Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church who was at this little church in the town of Hadel in Holland and he saw the suffering of the people. And he came and he said to the Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church, do it. Just do it. And this congregation sent food and sent clothing and then sent even live animals to the town in Hadel, to this church, and helped rebuild this bombed-out shell of a church and helped this town get their lives back together. And when this congregation had done that in Hadel, the church in Hadel said, hey, there's this church in Germany, in Darmstadt, and they need you to help them. And so we did. Over here, embedded in our stone as part of who we are, is a stone from the church in Germany. And back there in the window, in the last window, in the very bottom corner, you'll see the globes. And in one corner on those globes, it says Hadel and Darmstadt. And then there's Teguay and Lahore. Teguay is an orphanage in Korea that we supported. And Lahore was a school in Pakistan that we supported. Today, we have missions in Kenya. And through your peacemaking offering, the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance and the Presbyterian Hunger Program reaches out all over the world. Presbyterian Disaster Assistance is today in Syria. And it is in Pakistan. And it will be in Colorado. And it will be wherever there is a hurricane. We are blessed to be a part of a denomination. Still, there are denominations. <laughs> there are still denominations that have worldwide reaches of compassion and faith. In the coming weeks, our young people are going to plant tulip bulbs, 200 at least of them. And they're going to prepare the beds and then plant the tulips as a vision of peace, as a vision of world unity, as a vision of faith, faith in tulips. We have the vision. Just do it. Amen. Amen.